Welcome to Get Yourself Optimized, a podcast full of secret knowledge that will enable you to reboot and 10x your life. I'm your host, Stefan Spencer, author, speaker, online marketer, serial entrepreneur, coach, and a real geek when it comes to biohacking, life hacking, and lifestyle design. Your pets are always communicating with you, whether you're aware of it or not. But what are you communicating back at them, though? Our guest today provides insight into how to maintain clear and honest communication with your pets and so much more. Laura Stinchfield is an internationally renowned pet psychic and people medium. For decades, she's studied animal behavior and training, animal communication, telepathy, mediumship, death and dying, the afterlife, reincarnation, personal growth, meditation, and consciousness. She's the author of two books, Voices of the Animals and Stormy's Words of Wisdom. In today's episode, Laura gives practical tips for calming your pet's fears and making them more comfortable by listening to their needs. We talk about the importance of intuition and how to receive confirmation in this area. Laura also offers advice for disciplining a difficult pet and setting proper boundaries. My favorite part is when Laura leads us on a remote viewing of Curious, a stray cat I rescued in Tel Aviv. This episode will touch your heart and give you more appreciation for the animals in your life and for those waiting for you on the other side. Laura, it's so great to have you on the show. Oh, it's so great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this. So I would love for our listener to understand the difference in uh, regards to animal communication and animal, what's the word, like psychic connection. Like what is the difference if there is one? Because I know there are great animal communicators that just have this this way of reading an animal's body language and so forth, but you actually kind of get inside of their, like you connect with their souls. And I think that's different. So I'd love to hear the distinction. Yeah, there are a few different things. So animal communication and pet psychics can be one and the same. Pretty much what we do is we talk to animals using telepathy. And what happens is the animals send us messages through their thoughts, their feelings, images in their minds, feelings in their bodies. And then what happens with me is that my mind then transfers it into words. But every animal communicator or pet psychic is different. Some people might just see flashes of pictures. Some might just have a sense of knowing. Some might just might have just a feeling in their body. It doesn't mean that one is better than the other. But what my mind does is transfer it really quickly into words. Right. So you're receiving essentially like vibrations and then you're able to com- uh, convert that into words, maybe images as well, so that you can get a sense for what is going on inside of them. Yeah, images too, but I'll sometimes have to trust the words more than the images because what happens with my mind is if I'll get a word, sometimes my mind will create an image to my association of it. So for instance, if like an animal says to me, this is like an example that happened long ago. They said, I want my favorite blanket by the window and I want my favorite blanket back, back in the window. And I had put blue to it, like blue blanket. And the woman said to me, oh, I don't really, she doesn't really have a blue blanket. And so then I went back to the animal and I said, well, you know, well, what kind of, what blanket it is it? What does it look like? And she's like a red plaid. And so then I said to her red plaid, but then I had to think to myself, okay, like, where did I get blue from? And then I realized that my cats at the time had a blue blanket that was by their window. And so then I placed blue 
to it. And that was just my association. Got it. Does that make sense? Totally, totally. So we're like, but some animal communicators will be like the animal will be sending them that red plaid blanket. And that's what they'll see right away is the red plaid blanket. Got it. Okay. And I've been reading your book and I love it. Uh, Voices of the Animals. I'm holding it up for you if you're a listener and not on the video watching. This book has been so profound and beautiful for me. I just brought me to tears in multiple places. And one thing that was profound for me that I did not realize, and I'd love for you to talk more about this, Laura, is how you can project through imagery to your pet what you're trying to explain to them. We are going to go to the vet and it's only a normal checkup. There's nothing to be worried about. I know you don't like the vet, the smells and so forth. I know it freaks you out and it's going to be okay because this is just a checkup. Just saying those words is better than nothing, definitely better than nothing. But to project through visuals, imagine the dog or cat that you're taking to the vet, arriving at the vet, calm, opening the carrier out and carefully placing the the pet on the cold steel, but it's okay, you know, and like you're petting it and then the doctor, the, the vet comes and it's all okay and and then back into the carrier and back into the car and home and treats and all this sort of stuff. And you just have these visual pictures that you're broadcasting to your pet while you're narrating and explaining what's happening is a whole other level. And they pick that up. And I did not know that until I read your book. Oh, yeah. I mean, I try and think about whenever I'm talking to animal or people, like how can you be have the clearest communication And so then that does entail the pictures and also embodying those feelings in your body. Like you said, when you're saying, okay, we're going to open up the carrier and everything's going to be fine. You're picturing and feeling your body feeling fine as well. And that animal's body feeling fine. It's very, very important to do. And really, if you can think when you're talking to your animal, that knowledge is power. So if you can explain as much as you can to your animal, it's extremely helpful for them. So especially when going to the vet, like I tell them this thing that goes up your butt is tells the temperature in your body. That cold thing that goes up against your chest is listening to your heart rate and your lungs. And they're palpating your abdomen because they're seeing if you have a tumor and you just go through the whole thing that a vet can do. And that helps them to, to sort of know what's happening. Some people will try and hide what they're doing with their animal. Like, shh, don't tell them we're going to the vet. But I don't think that's helpful because the animal then knows like, wait, something's up. Like, I'm not, this is not supposed to be okay. And so much of the way you feel about the situation affects the animals. So, so many people are so worried about going to the vet, like, oh, this is going to be so traumatic for them. But my animals know the vet is someone who helps you. I mean, that's somebody who's going to help you heal if something goes wrong. And the vets are there to their inner being wants to help the animal. And that's really important for the animal to understand too, that these people are doing this because they care about animals. So the more you can say, the better, and the more you can feel good about it, it's not a big deal when my guys go to the vet. And like even during COVID and you have to drop them off at the vet, 
I say to them, you know, when you go in there, you know, you just lick and blink your eyes and yawn. So that's the animal's calming signals. That's how they calm themselves. But then I say to them, you tell all the other animals in there what you already know, and you give them a job to do while they're in the vet. So that if they see another animal that's really scared and shaking, they can say, oh, wait, I know, I I know something that can help you, you know, blink and lick and you're here to get better. And then the animals come back and they tell you stories about what the other animals said and and the animals that they met in the hospital. It's kind of neat. That is so cool. And if somebody is not really aware of how this all works and they try and sneak up on their animal or surprise them with a, a vet visit without telling them, and, and, and then they're wondering, where did that cat go? I can't find her anywhere. She went and hid. How does she know? Of course she <laughs> knows because you've been broadcasting yeah. that telepathically uh, to her and she's exactly. gone and hid. She doesn't want to go to the vet and she, she knows what you're up to. So having that clear and honest communication channel open with your pet, so, so important. I think that's that's really beautiful. And in line with that, there's this thing called the pill pocket that you can get from greenies and hide a pill in there. Yeah. And that feels very wrong now that I've read your book. That feels like you're breaking trust. It does, doesn't it? Can you talk more about that? Yeah, I want my animals to know when they're getting medication because medication can make them feel funny, right? So like it can hurt their stomach, it can make them feel dizzy. And I want to know if something's going on with them after they take that meds. So like what I usually say is, you know, I'm giving them a medication and I know something like an antibiotic, like maybe it's going to hurt your stomach. I'll give them that medication, whether it's in the pill pocket, it's fine if that helps them eat it. But I'll say, I'm giving you this medication. It might hurt your stomach, but that's normal. But if something's really, really bothering you and you feel like it's really bad, I want to know about it. So if you're dizzy, kind of walk around and look like you're dizzy. Or if your stomach hurts, lick or scratch at your stomach, you know, make it really, really obvious that something's going on with you. I mean, my guys can come over and say like, poke at me and be like, Hey, my stomach hurts. But sometimes on like busy days when I'm working, you know, and I'm focused on something else, like I'll need them to be showing something with their body as well. And I feel like if we tell our animals to do that, our animals are going to find many ways to communicate with us. And it's interesting about what you were saying about how like we're broadcasting all the time. It's true. The animals are always picking up what we're thinking and feeling, but it goes the other way too. It's like we're often picking up what they're saying too to us. And sometimes we're thinking it's our own intuition. So like our animal might be saying, I have a stomach ache, I have a stomach ache. And then you're kind of thinking like, oh, some people will even like think their own self will have a stomach ache. They'll be like, oh, I got a stomach ache, but it's really not theirs. It's their animals. So that's why it's really important if something inside of your body or in your mind changes right away to really take a look at it and to stop and be like, wait, where did that come from? Is that mine or is that someone else's? Is that, you know, my husband's or my partner's or is that my animals? It could be anybody's, but the animals will try to send it to you. And when I'm on the phone with a client, it's really interesting. Sometimes I'll be talking to the animal about like if they have any pain in their body and then like all of a sudden, like my shoulder or something will hurt and or like my fingers will cramp up and I could easily think like, oh, it's because I've been typing all day or, oh, because I've been leaning over, you know, the, the desk a certain way. 
But really what's happening is that the animal is sending it to me. And sometimes they send things so quickly. I'll get some things in words and then some things in my body. And so then I have to stop and I have to say, hey, do you, you know, do you have pain in your paw or do you have pain in your shoulder? And just check in with them. Yeah, that is a very important distinction or nuance to this is if you're getting an intuitive hit or you're receiving something that you're not sure about, always check in on it and ask for confirmation. That's something I just recently learned this year as you're, as you're gaining more ability to receive this sort of stuff telepathically, whether it's from people or pets that check in, check in and get, ask for confirmation. Same thing with if you're starting to get an intuitive hit and you think it's from your guides or your angels and you're like, okay, is that what you told me or is, am I, am I getting that wrong? It is really important. And it's a step that uh, you got to train in yourself, I think. It is. And it takes a lot of training because you have to train yourself also to know yourself. So you have to know like, what are you thinking at any given moment? And how does your body feel at any given moment? Because otherwise you might not even notice if something else comes in. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what do you think of these different animal trainers who kind of rule with an iron fist or they they have a, a whole approach that is about showing the animal who's boss and displaying dominance and all this sort of stuff. And I'm not going to name who I'm thinking of, but I think, you know, who I'm talking about, the, the guy that's on TV a lot for uh, training dogs. Yeah, I have mixed emotions about trainers like that. A lot of times they miss the praise. They're not praising enough. And they're missing that sometimes an animal might be aggressive because pain in their body. So they're not, they're, they're not always seeing the animal as a whole. And many of them are doing things that I would call abusive to animals and disrespectful. But on the other side of it, that we can learn a lot from them because dogs are dogs. And we can't forget that they also have their own language and their own way of doing things. And I would be wrong to say that I'm going to change a German Shepherd's or cattle dogs or some really sort of high drive dogs behavior just by talking to them, which very well can happen. Don't get me wrong. It can totally happen and it has happened. But a lot of times you got to back it up with creating boundaries And sometimes people are too light. And I I do think that teaching a dog that you mean business and that you're the alpha is an important thing. How you do that, we might disagree. I don't think it's okay to alpha roll a dog or to shock collar a dog or to do any of those things. But I do think it's okay to be stern with dogs. Mm, That makes total sense. So we can learn a lot from them, those trainers. Yeah, those trainers have a lot of knowledge, but... They do a lot of things I don't agree with also. But a lot of people in my field or people who are attracted to my field, in my opinion, when they have a really sort of naughty dog that's caught, that's wreaking havoc in the home, they're too light on them and they need to kind of, they need more discipline, more boundaries. Yeah. Structure. Like a kid, a kid needs discipline, not in the sense of this discipline is actually teaching. It's, it's not scolding or reprimanding or punishing. It's giving them boundaries and structure so that they can rely on that and they have something to push against and know that it's going to stay strong. Yeah. But if my dog 
folks does something naughty, I will tell them, no, like that's not okay. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I got a pack of five, so there can be some naughtiness going on. Yeah, right. (laughs) I I remember a great story in your book. You talked about your, your dog that was essentially trained to bite. She lived above a gas station or something. And this ended up being becoming your dog. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, Lala. Right. Yeah, she was rewarded for biting. <laughs> she was. <laughs> she got baloney for biting. Because they thought it was funny, right? Oh, here's a customer who's uh, freaked out and uh, like, hey, I just had my butt bitten by this this dog. And then the, it gets a baloney for, for doing it. Exactly. We were in our late teens, early 20s at the time. And so like all those guys at the gas station, that's what they did. They thought it was hysterical. I mean, I didn't think it was hysterical, but it it took some work to get her to to get out of that behavior. But she was so smart, that dog. She she let it go. Yeah, she was she was brilliant. You ended up essentially just reasoning with her. You didn't have to be super stern or anything. You just made it clear, like, this is not okay, And here's why. And seems like she had a lot of wisdom. Yes. She was one of those. You could just, she had so much wisdom. She was one of those you just talk to and she's got it. Yeah. There are some of those dogs that all you have to do is tell them. Like there, there was this cattle dog once that was, the mom had a toddler and a little baby and he was biting the toddler's calf, which, you know, cattle dogs are known for like biting calves. And he was like biting kids in the neighborhood's calves and he was just wreaking havoc. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is going to be like a challenge. And I said to him, I spent like less than 15 minutes with him. And I just told him like, you, you have a family, like you can't be doing this. You know, you have to be nice and friendly and let kids pet you. That dog never bit again. I mean, it was amazing. So some dogs, you just like say it once and they got it. That's so cool. It's so beautiful. So beautiful. I want to share a a story with you. I would love for your thoughts on it. At the time, this was not very long ago. This was after a big spiritual awakening I had in January this year. It was a couple months later. I just learned how to open my own Akashic records and ask for guidance. And so that was uh, huge for me because I'd been getting Akashic records readings from Anne-Marie Pizarro for a few years. And that's always been great. I, I really rate her highly. She's She's been a guest on this podcast. But it was a whole other level for me to learn how to open my own records myself, because at a moment's notice, I could just open my records and ask for guidance from the records keepers, like, what do I do? And here's the specific situation I want to share with you. There was a stray cat that we would feed. I'd bring a you know, can of wet food uh, to this network chiropractor that we would go to on a weekly basis, me, my wife, and and our, our little one. And while my, my wife was getting her entrainment, I'd take my little toddler outside to visit the cat, the stray cat across the street. This was in Tel Aviv, and there are a lot of stray cats there. And this one week in April, she was off. There was something wrong with her, and I, I couldn't understand what it was. She She looked not well, but I didn't know if something was uh, injured or if she had a disease, you know, if she was uh, going through cancer or what. So I op- opened my records and I asked for guidance and I was told to uh, to take her to the vet. And I did. I'd never taken any 
animal other than my own pet to the vet before. So that was a, a little stretch uh, from out, outside my comfort zone, but I was... Yeah. So did you have to trap her? She willingly got in. Uh, I mean, she kind of fought a little bit of not getting inside the carrier, but uh, she let me put my hands around her and, and kind of push her in and stuff. And it was important that I did so because she would have died. Uh, it turns out she had a pelvic fracture, a dislocated foot, and she was uh, severely dehydrated because it was so painful to move. She wouldn't go to the water that was just a few feet away, but down uh, several stoops. And so, yeah, that saved her life. And I needed my records keepers to guide me on what to do. It sounds like knowing what I know now from reading your book that I could have gotten her to communicate directly to me telepathically if I, if I knew that, I could have received like, oh, you, you've got something wrong with your pelvis. Okay. Broken pelvis. Okay. I'll, 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 I'll take care of you here. I'm going to come back in 10 minutes or whatever with a carrier and I'm going to take you to a vet and we'll get you fixed up. But I didn't have that distinction or that knowledge yet. So I just tuned into my record keepers. I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on all this. Yeah, so I am kind of curious if she knew how much you and your family cared about her. And then when you saw her that day, she was telling you, like, I need help. And then you were picking it up. You're like, oh, I feel like she needs help. And then in order to get that confirmation, you checked in, you know, with your record keepers. But maybe you already knew it because she was telling you. That's a good point. And then maybe that's why she was easier to kind of pick up and get in the carrier too, is because she knew you were, you were helping her. Yeah, that, that is all probably very true because she was not hardly walking. So she was kind of hiding behind this, uh, this little fire hydrant and yeah, so there was definitely something wrong and I'm sure she was broadcasting that to me, but yeah, and it might have been just to you because she trusted you, you know, like that she didn't do it to someone else, that she did it to, to you, like she chose you. So this this might sound a little out there for some of our listeners, but in a in a later Akashic Records reading where I, I got a reading from Anne and asked about the cat, or maybe it was, maybe it was a medium. I, I can't get it straight uh, now because I, I see so many different folks, but the thing I learned was that this cat, her name was Curious. She was a pet of mine in a past life, and she incarnated in this life. Oh my gosh. In order to give me this opportunity to grow spiritually and to save her life, because that was definitely outside of my comfort zone. Like just a few months earlier, I'm embarrassed to say that I just left a hurt a hedgehog without picking it up and taking it to the vet. There, were, there was a small crowd of people kind of looking at it, poking at it. And then there's two guys picked up uh, the hedgehog with some sticks and then put it into the grass instead of on the on the bike path. It might have gotten hit by a, a bike or something. And I just prayed for it. You know, I was there with my little uh, baby and we, were, we had a stroller and everything. And it was, uh, I don't know, a Sunday evening or something like that where vets wouldn't normally be open. So I had all these justifications for, okay, I'm just going to pray for that little thing and then walk away. And then I told my wife about it when I got home and she's like, you didn't pick him up and take him to the vet. 
I like, she was really disappointed in me and like, ouch, you know, like that, that really stung because oh. I knew that I, sh- at, at that point, I knew I should have, uh, should have done better than that. So when I had this new opportunity with this cat, I wanted to do the right thing. And I was already primed from that previous experience a couple months earlier. So I'm like, okay, I got this new skill. I know it opened my records. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to ask for guidance. What do I do? And I think that was spirit giving you that opportunity to, to heal that hedgehog experience. You know, and I, I was always taught to meet people where they're at. And at that time, you know, you, that was a wild animal. Like maybe you didn't feel that comfortable picking up the hedgehog. You don't know if it was going to bite you. I mean, you didn't know, right, about the hedgehog. So although it would have been nice if you picked him up, but praying is really beautiful too, because sometimes when you pray like that, then who knows, maybe the next person came, like those prayers opened up a door for the next person to come and take that hedgehog to the vet. You know, so I think don't be too hard on yourself. You were just kind of acting as the person you are at that time. And then then you were willing to grow. And then spirit gave you that opportunity to to help the kitty, which is really beautiful. It's like you're living if you're passing it forward. Yeah. 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 It's like a living amends. Yeah. To the hedgehog. But prayers are really powerful. Yes. And one thing, one distinction I learned or one really important point I learned this year is that every prayer is heard. Mm, I believe that. And that never occurred to me before. I just thought that, okay, so some prayers, they don't get answered. And I didn't really go any further with it than that, you know? And then it was just like a download. It wasn't somebody telling me this, but I just it was a download from from above that every single prayer is heard, including every thought. Every thought is heard too. So I cleaned up my thinking. I'll tell you. I, once I realized that yeah. there are no private thoughts, <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is. Uh, I'm not going to broadcast anything. Right. And that your thoughts create your reality. That's like a big one. You're like, oh gosh, what am I creating now? <laughs> Yeah. It makes you really think. Well, and then I learned from my Kabbalah teacher that you create powerful angels by having purity of thought, word, and deed all congruent. Oh, wow. And I thought, oh, that's good. So you create the angels or do they just drawn to you more? You create, we, we are more powerful than we can possibly imagine. Yeah. No, I believe that. So... Yeah, we create angels with our thoughts, words, and deeds. And you can create mischievous angels. I learned this also from Kabbalah, <laughs> that, that lie to us and, and trick us. If we have a, let's say, a malevolent or less than pure um, intention, and we do something that on the outward appearance looks really nice and, and generous and, and thoughtful, but on the inside, we did it with, you know, not the purest of intentions or purest of thoughts. That creates some really mischievous angels. Yeah, mm, that, I can that see then that. Can trick us to do stuff that, you know, we'll we'll regret later. I feel like self worth can do that too. Like if you don't have enough boundaries in your life and like low self worth, that could bring in something a little bit devious to kind of steer you the wrong way. Yeah. And if you have higher self-worth, you'll, you won't look at it or you'll ignore it more, rise above it more. 
I think people get strayed that way. Yeah. Just by their, by how they feel about themselves. One thing I want to ask you about is this concept of remote viewing, because I'm just learning about it from a course I'm taking taught by Sheila Gillette. She channels uh, 12 archangels that go by the name of Theo collectively. Uh, She was a podcast guest last year. Amazing, amazing woman. And, um, So, yeah, I'm learning about remote viewing and these other modalities or ways of receiving guidance. And remote viewing is is particularly of interest to me in relation to pets and animals. Like, okay, so there's this cat who, through my Akashic records, opening my own records, I heard the word curious as the answer to the, what's her name? And... I doubted myself. I'll tell you, like, did I just imagine that? Did I just totally make that up? But you know, it was different. Yeah. Well, it was early stages of this. And so I was not really, I was pretty unsure of myself. So as I progressed through my trainings and the workshops and the reading and stuff that I'm doing, I'm becoming more sure of myself. But at that time, it was still early days and like I was doubting myself. I don't know that that was actually her name. That sounds really weird. Curious the cat. <laughs> it's cute. So I'm on a uh, one of Sheila Gillette's uh, trainings on Zoom and I don't even ask the question on chat. Like I don't I don't raise my hand on Zoom. I don't like I'm just thinking the thing. Like I would love to know if this is really her name. Is it really curious? And the the funniest thing happened. So Theo was being channeled through Sheila at that time. She was, or they were answering questions. And the next sentence, the very next sentence, just after I think this thought, the word curious is in the sentence. Oh, wow. That was really cool. It's really cool. That, that was my confirmation. That was my answer. I didn't need to ask it, like type it into the chat. I just need to think it. It's so cool. Right, right. And then spirit gave you the validation that that's what it is. Yeah, that's so neat. That's not I don't think of that as remote viewing, though. Do you? Oh, right, right, right. So let me let me get to the point around remote viewing. So I would love to be able to to kind of look in on curious, uh, you know, and I'm going to say not if that's her name, since that's her name, since that's her name, I'm going to yeah, kind of remote view into her world right now because she's half a world away in Israel. I'm in Miami. Oh, wow. And we had, uh, this was right before we left Israel in late April that we you know, had this, this whole thing, this, this situation with, with her. And so I didn't have the ability to bring her with us to the U S uh, that, that was not in the cards. So, and she needed a month of cage rest. So we, oh, right. my wife was very, very, very helpful in finding someone to take her in to re- rehabilitate her. We had to pay for it, of course, but yeah, so that, that yeah, was, right. that was great. And now she's half a world away and I'm really hoping everything is, is going well for her, but I can't go and like drive for 20 minutes and check on her like I would have been able to if we're still in Tel Aviv. Yeah. And so is she with a person or what's, or is she back where you found her? Where is she? So I think she's still with that person. Okay. But after four months, we said, well, we're, you know, we were only going to do this for a month. $600 a month is a lot of money to pay for somebody who already has seven or eight cats in the house to take one more in. Yeah. Surprised she's not doing it for free. Yeah. So anyways, $600 a month, four months later, and we're like, okay, 
we can't do this anymore. This is like, <laughs> this is, this just isn't workable. So we were trying to find a permanent home for her and nothing came through. We posted multiple times to Facebook and so forth. And so we were telling the lady that had taken the cat in for 600 a month, my sister-in-law is going to come and pick up the cat. We're going to stop paying you. And she's going to go back to her home on the street, the same place that she'd been living. I checked, I, I checked with my guides on this. It was okay. She was getting stir crazy staying in that house with the lady and she wanted to go back. I, I really wanted her to have a, a forever home, but it didn't end up coming. To- yeah. So is somebody feeding her? Okay. So here's where the remote viewing comes in because I don't know what's happening now. When we told her that my sister-in-law is coming to pick her up, to take her, she got really upset and she started giving us massive guilt trips and say she's going to die on the street and all this sort of stuff. But I was told, uh, my guidance was that uh, this is a cash cat. For her, this is Cash Cat, uh, and not Curious the Cat, but Cash Cat, and and so this is why she was really putting up a fuss about it. She wanted that six hundred a month uh, to continue, or she might have just felt like who's going to feed her, right? I mean, she probably wanted the six hundred a month too, but she might have just oh well, that cat was well fed, and there was water <laughs> always. Every time I stopped to feed her the wet food, she always had a big box of, of dry food and a, a thing of water there. Oh, I got you. Somebody was taking care of, uh, of her uh, as a street cat. And yet I really wanted her to have a final home. What does she look like? Do you want us to get her? Yeah, I would love that. Yeah. So what does she look like? She's black and brownish. You know what? If you give me a moment, I have a picture of her. Oh my God. I would love to see a picture of her. Okay. Okay. Let's do that. Hold on. This is fun. Here she is. Okay, let me get her. Yeah. Curious, right? Hold on. Oh. Oh, she says that every day she checks in with her heart and she feels you all. She says she wants to say thank you to you guys. She said she's pretty spry now. Oh, great. I think she knows us, but tell her I love her very much. She's well, First, she said that her hip sort of clicks a little bit, like the, the, the left, the left rear kind of like clicks out. Maybe your chiropractor could go adjust her because <laughs> she's outside of the chiropractic office, right? Well, because... Uh, the cat sitter slash uh, rehab person didn't. Oh yeah, like she didn't that. go back there. Yeah, so yeah. she she kind of ghosted us after we said, "Well, we're not. Oh, we're gonna, right. we're gonna so she didn't go back pick there. her up, put her back in the street, and so she now she doesn't answer text messages." <laughs> oh. So is she still there with uh, in in that house? She says yes, and she says she has like a patio she can go out onto. Okay. She gets to roll around in the dirt. Okay. Oh. Yeah. 
she said that when you looked at her in the eyes, she felt like she knew you from long ago. She also said that you were very clear with talking to her. She said that you would like stare at her and talk to her and she knew exactly what you were saying. Oh, good. She gives me she gives me this feeling that you guys would sort of gaze at each other. Did you do that with her yeah. in her eyes? Oh yeah. <laughs> like she's giving me like the way you would look at her and she would kind of look back at you. It was like a really touching moments. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I could see into her soul. Yeah, that's when she felt the same about you. She says, and she likes it where she is. Okay, good. And she has the pillow she really likes. Yeah. Oh. Oh. She said that your baby had like magic hands and when they would go kind of over her hips, it would kind of like tingle. Hmm. How old is your kid now? He turns two in a few weeks. Do you think he's a healer? Does he see it? Does he look like a little healer? Uh, yeah, he's 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 very special. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you have to see like because she said his hands. So you have to see like if does he place his hands on like boo boos or something? You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so cute. She she wants to know if I can tell you something else. Yeah. She says sometimes she misses the old days of seeing you because you were like clockwork. <laughs> yeah, we'd so always come the what... same time to our appointment <laughs> to the chiropractor across the street. <laughs> oh, so I think still at that time, she like thinks of you. That's so cute. Yeah, here's another picture of uh, my little one with, uh, with Curious. Oh, my gosh. That is actually really special because not all cats are good with little toddlers. And a street cat, a stray cat. It's special. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. She's, she said that she's had nice people in her life. A lot of people that cared about me. She says about your family is that you were like the happiest, like the joyest of hearts. Aww. That's cute. Like she gives me the impression that your hearts are peaceful. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. I think that's a great compliment coming from an animal. They think your heart is peaceful. (laughs) People by nature are so worried. Mm. Yeah. It's well, there are no coincidences that, uh, you know, thing timings and everything is all divine. I just got a reading from, Katie Beecher, who's phenomenal. I'm going to have her as a guest on this podcast. Uh, She's a medical intuitive and she paints as well as writes up a report and then uh, does a reading to go over it. Oh, neat. And she, she drew a heart in the center, like the, the heart center, right? So the, the energy center, she drew a huge picture of a heart there 
And you know, she was just an hour ago explaining like what a huge heart I have. So that's really cool. Oh my God, no way. So then you hear it twice. Yeah. Oh, that's so neat. I love that. <laughs> How sweet. Aw. That's neat. And so when you think about curious or any other animal, you can think of it as remote viewing, but you can also think about it as like, going internally to her, like go into your heart. And then from hit from there, just thinking about her, you don't have to necessarily like, I think of remote viewing as like you projecting your spirit to that location and then actually like seeing her physical body and like what she's doing. And that's very beneficial, but you could also, especially since you're so heart centered, go into your heart and then from there, receive from her or like send your heart to her. It's a little bit different. I don't think you need much heart to remote view. Go into your heart and think of like a little doorway there or like that's like the place where you can connect with her and just think of her and imagine being with her and then just talk to her and be open to receiving and see if you get anything back. Where I think of remote viewing as more projecting ourselves somewhere, you know what I mean? And seeing, like seeing the physical surroundings. Got it. Where communication, you can just feel it. You don't have to, you don't have to necessarily see it. Right. So I could, I could have a communication with her just by getting into my heart center and then bringing up, let's say, an image or a memory of her. And then I can just listen to what my heart says, the kind of the vibrations, the things I'm feeling or the words that I hear in my own kind of inner voice. And that's curious speaking to me. Exactly. Okay. This is so cool. And I really, really appreciate you connecting with Curious and sharing this and doing this on on the podcast. It's really meaningful for me. And I'm sure that my listener is getting so much out of this too, that, you know, th- this is really, really special. So thank and And you have such an incredible gift. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> it's very special what you do too. Yeah. I've really enjoyed, you know, listening to the way you feel and the way you navigate the world and, and your spiritual growth. It's really one to grow on you know, for other people, for sure. Oh, thank you so much. And I'm honored that you took the time out to listen to some of the episodes of of, of this show. That's really... Oh, of course. Are you kidding me? They're great. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm going to be listening to every one. They're awesome. Oh, that's that, that means a lot. That means a lot. I think what's really neat is that you connect with people on a really heart heartful place. And I can tell that the people who you talk to, they drop their ego. I just have noticed that, or maybe they don't even have ego, the people you talk to, but I've just sort of been really astounded with those communications. They, they're they just really real and they're wonderful to tune into and spend part of my day doing. So I thank you for that. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And, you know, I, I used to kind of malign my ego or not really, I don't know, I'd want to minimize it or, or or get rid of it or whatever. But then I realized that, no, this is actually 
something that we are gifted with. So we have contrast, something to push against and not to see it as, as something negative, but as see it as a blessing and something to, you know, work towards putting it in a place that is only used for growth and not for anything malevolent or, or not helpful. Yeah. Beautiful. How does our, our listener or viewer work with you, get connected to their pet that maybe they've lost and have you connect them up with that pet and, and share some of that pet's wisdom with them? Or if they're dealing with a pet that's currently living with them and they're not able to control it or whatever, it's behaving in a naughty way, like how do you work and how do they get in touch and all that? So they can go to my website, which is thepetpsychic.com. And on there, they can look at my schedule and book a session and pay. And then once they book their time, they get an email with a little homework they have to do. They have to fill out a form and upload a picture of their animal or their deceased loved one. And then I just call them at their appointment time and we do a phone consultation. And you can also buy my CD, my meditation CD for death and dying on there and buy my books on there or be redirected to Amazon to buy my books and Amazon. The books are great, too, because it can help you learn how to talk to the animals as well. Yeah, I'm so enjoying Voices of the Animals. I've already said this once, but I got to plug it again. I'm almost done with it. I'm Thank you. And to page 166, 167. <laughs> Uh, so only maybe 20% left, 25% left to go. So I'll be finishing that pretty soon. I loved it. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I can't, I can't thank you enough for joining thank you. me today and sharing your gift, your brilliance, your light with my listeners. Thank you. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. And thank you, listener. I think this is such an amazing opportunity to deepen our relationships with our animals, whether they're here in this plane or they're in the spirit plane. So do something more than just listen with an open heart. Take some positive, powerful action. Do something with this information. We'll catch you on the next episode. I'm your host, Stefan Spencer, signing off. I now invite you to check out the show notes, transcript, action-based checklist, and all the URLs mentioned in this interview of Laura Stinchfield at getyourselfoptimized.com slash 329. Thanks for listening to Get Yourself Optimized. Nearly a decade ago, I started a journey that completely transformed my personal life and my business. Now I'm taking on a very select number of high caliber coaching clients and personally helping them optimize their lives. I have limited spots, so if you're interested, go now to getyourselfoptimized.com and apply for one-on-one coaching or for our high-level mastermind. By the way, if you have any questions or comments whatsoever, email me at host at getyourselfoptimized.com. See you next week.